Let's get started today. I thought we'd start with a little bit of humor for uh, the moms and women here today. Here's mom's dictionary. Moms have their own definition of certain words. So here's mom's dictionary. Ready? Feedback. The inevitable result when your baby doesn't appreciate the strained carrots. <laughs> Grandparents. The people who think your children are wonderful even though you're not raising them right. Independent, how we want our children to be as long as they do everything we say. Show off that child who is more talented than yours. Top bunk, where you should never put a child wearing Superman pajamas. And impregnable, a woman whose memory of labor is still vivid. All right. There was a, uh, you know, sometimes moms have to be tough. Sometimes moms have to be very sweet and kind and gentle and gracious, but sometimes moms have to be tough. And they have to just say it like it really is. A couple of uh, children found this out. One child, trying to go to sleep, yelled to her mother, Mom, there are monsters under my bed. The mom yelled back, no, there aren't. The alligators ate them. Now go to sleep. <laughs> Another uh, young man said to his mother, said, mom, I have been asked to be a groomsman again. And she responded by saying, why do people like you? <laughs> All right. Today, I believe uh, to be a time of refreshing for all of the women here today and all of the mothers here today, this is a day for refreshing for you. At the end of this time, in just about 20 minutes or so, we're actually going to have a time of prayer for all of the women uh, here today. At Hope Crossings, we really we celebrate women, we celebrate mothers, and we recognize that all are very, very vital and important. So today will be a day of refreshing. So let's start by looking at the uh, book of Acts, chapter number 3. We'll use this just as a starting point. We've actually got this verse on the screen behind me. Here, the apostle is uh, preaching, and he concludes by saying, Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. You know, I think probably you've read that verse many times. I know I've read it dozens, maybe a hundred times or so, and it was just something that kind of stuck out to me in preparation for this. It was times of refreshing. Now, we know here he's talking about being saved and being born again. But he, that, that, that term right there stuck out at me, times of refreshing. And I thought, you know, our repentance and our coming to God brings about that opportunity for times of refreshing. And if there was ever people who needed to be refreshed and find refreshment, that is the mothers and the women in this world. So busy, so constantly giving of themselves, constantly trying to make sure everyone else's life goes very well and is easier than it would be without them. Mothers give and give and give and give, and mothers need to be refreshed. Amen? 
Mothers need to have that time where they find themselves rejuvenated themselves, where somehow, some way, in an opportunity, in a place and time, they find refreshment for themselves. And I believe today will be one of those days and one of those opportunities. God's promised us times of refreshing. I want you to turn your Bibles, please, to the Psalms, right in the middle there of the Bible, Psalm 84. And we're going to look at a, a portion of this psalm. And then we're going to change to another psalm and read that, and then we're going to have a time of prayer. Could we, uh, could we this is not an interruption, but could we just take a moment to honor all of the women who are here today? If you're a female here today, would you please stand up? Please stand, and we want to just say we appreciate you very much. We love you. You are amazing. You're awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. In Psalm 84, we love the Psalms because they're real. They are both theological and emotional. They give the highs and the lows, the good, the bad. They give it all. And we see here in Psalm 84, it says, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Look at verse 4. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools, and they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Here the psalmist is writing about those who find their security and comfort in God and in His dwelling place and going to the house of the Lord and finding that place of communion and fellowship with God. It's a, there's a strength there that is found in no other place and in no other relationship. But there he talks about, in verses 4 and 5, about being blessed and being blessed and being blessed. But there in verse number 6, he says, As they pass through the valley of Baca. Baca is called that, it's called the valley of weeping or the valley of lamentation. And in all of our lives... There are those moments and those seasons and times when we're passing through that valley of Baca, that valley of weeping, where there seems to be no answer to the question. There seems to be no end to the trial. It is a valley where there's weeping. There's a season where there's difficulty. And there are mothers here today who are experiencing that. Maybe it's because of a parent who's in a difficult spot. Maybe it's a marriage that isn't operating as you know it should be, and perhaps it's because there's a child who's wayward, maybe wayward from God and wayward from you. And so there's those opportunities where we go through that valley of Baca, that valley of weeping and lamentation, and there is nothing that really grabs a mother's heart more than when a child has gone wayward and is off on their own. And that for a woman, for a husband as well, obviously, for a father, but for the moms, that is a very tumultuous time, a very difficult time. And the psalmist here is writing about that, where there is 
anguish and there's turmoil. There's, there's that mixing of faith with reality. There's that saying, God, I believe you and I'm trusting for you, but what I'm seeing is quite different. What I'm seeing is not what I want to see. What I'm feeling is not what I want to feel. And there's that valley of turmoil, that valley of weeping. And yet the psalmist gives us some assurance that in that moment of trial and in those times of despair, he says, those who have their trust in God, those who know they are blessed by God, this is what they do in the valley of Baca, that valley of weeping. He says, they make it a place of springs. In other words, they find those places where there is water gushing up, there is nourishment gushing up, even in a valley of weeping. Even in most difficult times, there are those opportunities where we find ourselves gaining strength that we didn't know we had. We're finding sources of nourishment that is beyond who we are. It is beyond what we ourselves can provide. He's saying they find those, those springs of nourishment that cause them to be able to not stop in the valley, but keep going through the valley. Aren't you glad that God says, I'm going to take you through the valley, not just into the valley? I'm going to take you through the difficulties, not just into the difficulties. But he says, while you're going through that valley, there's going to be those times when you'll see that spring and that spring and this spring, that sense, that source of nourishment for you, where you can say, I was just about in despair. I was just about to give up, but now I have found the nourishment of God, and I'm securing nourishment and refreshment for my soul. That's the God that we serve, that even in the middle of the valley, he says, I'm going to give you everything you need for you to have, be nourished and keep going. Aren't you glad we have a God that knows us, not just up on the mountaintop, but he knows us in the valley? He doesn't just say, hey, I'm going to give you this mountaintop experience. He says, when you're going through that valley, I'm there with you, and I'm going to provide everything you need. I want every mother in here today to be encouraged that no matter where you are, no matter what's going on in your life, God has nourishment for you. He has a moment of refreshment for you where those springs rise up and cause you to be nourished. Not only does he say they make it a place of springs, but he says the autumn rains also cover it with pools. These, this whole verse here talks about uh, irrigation. It talks about that place where a, a person going through that difficult time does what's necessary to cause irrigation. In other words, I, I want to draw this nourishment into my soul. I, I want to pull on that. And I want to I make a pathway from the nourishment of God to my very innermost being. And that brings us refreshing. It causes us to be able to transition through that valley of despair and to know that even in this difficult time, when a child is wayward and a child is off away from God and away from the family, the nourishment that God gives us takes us through that time period. Lisa and I have been very blessed with our children. She's a fantastic mother and our children are blessed, and we are blessed by our children. We never had a child who went astray like that. So we never experienced that, but we certainly have experienced with people who have gone through that and are going through that right now. 
And I know that this is a reality that to a mother's heart, there's nothing more devastating than her children going astray. And I want this to be a time of refreshing for you mothers that are in that situation. God has a place of nourishment for you today, that spring and that pool that he's going to refresh you today. And as we pray in just a few moments today, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to touch your life and fill your soul and going to bring you refreshment. He says in verse number seven, they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. You see, all along through that valley of despair, God has a pool here and a spring here and a pool here and a spring here. And he says, just keep walking. Just keep going. Don't stop. Don't, don't park it. Don't camp. Just keep going, and I've got nourishment for you. You might be tempted to park by this spring or to stop by this pool and just stay here. He says, I want you to keep going. I've got another source of refreshment for you. I've got another source to, to fill up your tank because you're trying to fill up so many other people's tanks. You're trying to make sure everybody else is taken care of. And God is saying to you today, mothers, I'm taking care of you. And I've got a spring for you. I've got a well for you. I've got a pool of water for you. I've got nourishment and refreshment for you. Verse number eight, hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on your shield. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. I want you to know something, ladies. God sees you today. He knows right where you're at. Forgive us for not really seeing you, but God sees you. God sees you and God hears you. There are a lot of things that refresh a woman in more practical terms. This isn't for the women here today. This is for the men. There are a lot of things that refresh a woman. Number one is words of affirmation. You know, they, they did a survey a few years ago, and they, they wanted to find out what are the, what are the three words that uh, women really want to hear. There's three words. Thank you and please. Yeah, you were thinking something else, right? Thank you and please. Love, women love words of affirmation. Secondly, touch. Uh, I, I, a woman needs to be touched. She just needs you to hold her hand. Put your arm around her. Kiss her ear. Can I say that in church? Is that all right? We're good? All right. She, uh, things that refresh a woman are a manicure and a pedicure. I never understood that until I got married. Like, this just does something for a woman. And a hot bath. Right? Bubble, bubble, bubbles help. That's good. And to take a nap. I got some feminine amens on that one. Take a, just take a nap. Take a break. All right? Breakfast with a friend. Just let's, let's go, no kids, just the friend. And snuggling, husband, child, or pet. Sometimes it matters, a lot of times it doesn't. <laughs> and lastly, to cancel an activity. That's part A. Part B is, and not feel guilty. And part B is harder than part A, right? But both are difficult. Hey, uh, women, can I just encourage you? I'm not here to tell you what to do. Cancel something, okay? 
Just, it's okay. We're, we're good. Just can't, and don't feel guilty about it. Please? Cancel some stuff. You're overloaded. You're overworked. You're doing too much. Cancel something. Not your marriage. You cancel something else, okay? Okay. Hey, I want you to turn to one more psalm, please, 139. Psalm 139. And um, obviously such a powerful, powerful psalm. And here, it's a psalm of David. David is writing, and this is a psalm of real connection. It's a psalm of an analysis of a relationship. It is a psalm of better understanding God and better understanding ourselves and who we are in God. And I'm just, we're just going to read this. We're going to take our time. We're going to read it. I'm going to make a few comments along the way. Let's read verse number one. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me, and you know when I sit down and when I rise up, you perceive my thoughts from afar. Verse three says, you discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Verse three says, you discern. Moms, we just see what you do. You know why you do it, and God knows why you do it. See, sometimes we just see your activity, and we forget to see the love and the, and the selflessness behind it. Forgive us, but God sees it. God sees it. Verse 4, before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely, and you have hemmed me behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Hey, ladies, uh, we, we don't see everything you do, and even what we do see, sometimes we don't understand, but God, but God sees it, and he knows it. And we're growing in our understanding of you. you you've heard the story, right, of the man walking on the beach. He finds a bottle. He rubs it out, pops a genie, and the genie says, I'll give you any wish. He said, you know what? I hate to fly, but I want to go to Hawaii. I want you to build a bridge to Hawaii. The genie said, look, man, that's, that's a big ticket item. Isn't there something else that you want? The guy thought about it. He said, well, I would like to understand a woman's mind. The genie said, do you want that bridge to be two lanes or four? <laughs> You've heard that before. We're, we're learning. We're growing. We're, we're trying. But I want you to know God knows you. He's got you. He understands you. All right, verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit, and where can I flee from your presence? That's kind of like the, the thought of a mom with a toddler. <clears throat> verse 8. If I go up to the heavens, you are there, and if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and your work is wonderful, and I know that full well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Uh, Moms, God made you just the way he wanted you to be. We're, we're not talking about a, a perfection here. We're, we're saying intricate. We're saying unique. And he made you just the way he wants you. And he loves you just the way you are. And he's saying, I have, I have formed you for a reason and a purpose. And that reason and the purpose, some people don't understand. Some people won't understand. Some people will finally get it. Some people will never get it. But you are unique and powerful and beautiful and wonderful. And he says to you, I made you that way. Go for it. It doesn't matter if people don't understand. Go for it. Be what I've called you to be. And that's where you're going to find your greatest fulfillment. That's where you're going to find the greatest nourishment in your life is by being who I've created you to be. Then in verse number 19, the psalmist here, inspired by the Holy Spirit, it's like he puts a twist on this. Let's read the rest of this psalm. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent, and your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are rebellious against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my thoughts. Trust me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Wow, what, what a twist on a, on, a, on a wonderful psalm. He's saying, oh, God, this is awesome. You're great. Your thoughts toward me and your love and your provision. And wow, this is amazing. And then he goes, I hate people. What? He says, they're misusing your name. I, I'm, I'm jealous for you. They are misusing your name. They're, they're not following after you. And he says, I've, I've hate them with a perfect hatred. I abhor them. I, I have nothing but anger for them. It's just kind of a twist, isn't it? But then he says, search me and know me. What he's saying is, he says, God, even though you're so amazing and you love me and you care for me and I, I'm protected and I'm blessed and everything's great and wonderful, yeah. He said, but I just know there's that closet inside of the closet where I've got some real hatred in my life. I know there's that part of me that's just is like, oh. And he says, God, search me and know me. Try me. And lead me in the way everlasting. He's recognizing the fact that even though God is perfect and he's loving me, he said, there's still some stuff in me. And every one of us today can say that and read, there's some hatred in my heart, there's some stuff in my heart, but oh God, search me. Would you search me and know me, try me, put me to the test and, and then forgive me and love me and provide for me. God, search me and know me. You know, this is a Psalm of David and there's always that, that reference there to the Messiah. You know, every one of us can say, man, there's some stuff in my life, in my heart that I don't like. It shouldn't be there. God, search me. But Jesus, 
could say, God, search me. Jesus could pray and say, God, search me, search me, and you'll find nothing evil inside of me because Jesus, being God, was perfect. He could say, God, you'll not find any evil. You'll, you'll not find anything in me that shouldn't be there. You'll not find anything ungodly. And that's why Jesus was able to go to the cross and die by the hands of the ungodly for the ungodly because he was not ungodly. He was God. Therefore, we have someone in heaven who's interceding for us. The blood that he shed on the cross intercedes for us and provides for us. And moms, I want to share with you, you are so much closer to perfection than, than so many other people. I'm telling you, but you guys are amazing. But I just want to share with you, in every one of our lives, we find sin. In every one of our lives, we find what falls short of God. And David is just bringing that up to the surface. And he's saying, God, I, I've got some stuff, but Lord, search me and know me. And I want you to know, women, today, as you pray that prayer, God, search me and know me, try me. Lead me in the way everlasting, God, man. He just comes along and says, I forgive, I forgive, let's go, keep moving. You're in that valley, and it's in that valley of Baca, that valley of weeping that Satan loves to come and torment and come and say, hey, God's not going to answer your prayers. Look what you did. Look who you are. Look how you failed. God's not going to answer your prayers. And it's about that time that God will reveal that spring, that well that says, oh, hey, wait a minute, don't listen to that voice. Here, be refreshed in your soul." Today is a day of refreshing for the women of our church, a day where we say, you know what? The devil would love to beat us up in that valley of Baca, that valley of weeping, but God is providing springs of nourishment and pools of refreshing for you today. He says, don't listen to the voice of the enemy. You're right where I want you to be. We're going through this valley and not just into it. The Bible says in John chapter 7, verses 37, 38, 39, he says, on that last and great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and said, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. For as the scripture says, those who believe in me out of their innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And the, they, uh, John wrote, by this he was speaking of the Holy Spirit. Women today, God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. God wants to fill you with that nourishment, that, that refreshing that comes only from him. Whether... You're in that valley of Baca or weather, man, everything's going great. Everything's fine. Wow, we're amazed. Yes. No matter what your level of anxiety is, no matter what's happening in your life, God has that moment of refreshing and that moment of bringing you through to the next season of your life to take you from blessing to blessing to blessing to blessing. Amen. Every woman in here deserves to be refreshed and a pedicure and a manicure. Every woman needs to be refreshed because you give and you give and you give and you give. Will you allow God to replenish you today? Amen. But today is a day of, of praying for the women, the mothers of our church. We just love you and think you're amazing. And our prayer is that from First to last, you will find those pools of refreshing. Let's pray.